What's up, guys? I'm your host, Amal Ebenobi. This is Unapologetic Live. I'm coming at you guys today solemn and somber because it seems as though we still have a massive issue of systemic racism in this country. In fact, uh, you know, the FBI has been involved with this. It looks like 31 white supremacists have now been arrested in Idaho. And when I saw the story this morning, I looked down at the color of my skin. And I just cried to think that there are white men out there who want nothing more than, than to hurt me. Okay, now, let's get real here, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry for that bit of very, very bad acting. As you can tell, I'm not an actress. That's why I do this full time. Uh, this is ridiculous, automatically. And it's so funny because the, the stories that you guys are hearing, I'm sure it's all over any mainstream or legacy media that you're watching now and you're seeing this and they're going, this really is showing the state of our nation that we have white supremacists running around rampant trying to bring harm to other people. And by that, they mean 31 men who got caught in a U-Haul truck <laughs> headed to a pride parade to protest. And what do they have in terms of riot gear? One smoke grenade and a bunch of shields. <laughs> Oh my gosh, you have 31 men dressed in the same uniform, packed into a U-Haul truck, headed to a pride parade, and your immediate thought is rioting? <laughs> it's so ridiculous, but nonetheless, it's the story. Uh, so let's get into it. Let's look at some headlines here. This is out of CNN. Uh, the 31 people arrested in Idaho have ties to a white nationalist group and plan to riot at a pride event, police say. Here's what we know. Look at them in their cute little uniforms. <laughs> Look at them. They're like, Johnny, make sure you're wearing your navy blue long sleeve today. And he's like, Dave, make sure you're wearing those extra tight khakis to the pride event. That's exactly what we're dealing with. And for some reason, if you look at the photos here, and there's tons of photos of this, but like I said, all wearing generally the same thing. All of them faces covered. They got their sunglasses on, none of them facing the camera. You can't get a clear depiction of anybody's face in this, although I'm sure they'll release those later. Hopefully, we'll see. But it's not the most promising evidence for, for white nationalism and for people to be scared of the systemic racism that's brewing in America is these 30 guys in the same outfit with all of their faces covered. Who even knows? And a lot of people are coming out and saying, oh, these are federal agents. This is not real. This is just a uh, psyop basically to trick you into believing that this is a massive problem. And you know what? I would not be surprised if that's exactly what this is. I'm not going to speculate and say that it is because, you know, we can get into some tricky waters as we will we'll, we'll navigate those tricky waters in just a moment looking at the National Terrorism Bulletin that came out on uh, June 7th uh, this month. So when I see this, automatically the the my ears are up the hairs on the back of my neck are up not because i'm scared of white supremacists ooh spooky no but because i don't believe it uh, and we will find out more about this, I'm sure, in the coming days. The FBI is going to hop right on this and do a full-scale investigation because this is what services the narrative that we are trying to push today. As the January 6th hearings happen in the background of all this, it is particularly convenient that as we try to paint an entire end of the political spectrum as being white supremacists, white nationalists, that these 31 Young men stuff themselves inside a U-Haul truck and go head over to a pride event, but gets their their plans get foiled uh, by by the police here in Idaho. So, is it very convenient? Could it still be true? 
absolutely, it could be true. These men could have been heading over to the Pride Parade with their little shields and their one smoke grenade as they fight in the back of the U-Haul truck over which one gets to use it. Is it Tommy? Is it David? Is it John? Well, John's been in, in the Patriot front since they started, so maybe we give him the smoke grenade based on based on uh, seniority here. Uh, so scary. So yeah. scary. Just, I'm, you know, I'm not superstitious, but I'm a little stitious. Um, <laughs> but... Is it standard practice for the FBI slash police to like, if they arrest you and you have a mask on and your whole face is covered with sunglasses and gloves and a hat, do right. they just like leave those on you? Is there, right. If you're in the chat and you're like a law enforcement, would that ever be a thing that just yeah. feels a little stitious to me or super, super uh, suspicious? A little super suspicious. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think if you were a law enforcement officer, you would want to identify the men that you were arresting, especially if it's a like a large congregation of men in the back of one U-Haul truck. Logistically, how did that even work? And also, who's the ringleader of this white supremacist group? Because I could do better than you. I, a biracial 21-year-old girl, could do better at running your white supremacist group than you do <laughs> because who decided this? Who decided not only are we going to stuff 31 of us in the back of a U-Haul truck, but we're only going to bring one smoke grenade to start a riot? Are you kidding me? Are you serious? And not only that, I'm going to go to the U-Haul company, and don't you have to put like a card on, on for U-Haul, and don't you have to identify yourself in order to get a U-Haul truck? I'm pretty sure those are two things that you have to do. So... We're not dealing with the, the keenest of criminals here when it comes to running a white supre supremacist organization. So apparently these guys are from a group called the Patriot Front. Uh, apparently, according to the Southern Poverty Law Center, which we both know, we know how how beautifully they, they maintain journalistic integrity when they're reporting on these things. Apparently, the Patriot Front is one of the most active white supremacist groups in our nation. And you know what? I like. I actually like that people are saying that, that they're putting this in the news. One of the most active white nationalist organizations, because if you look around, you're like, wow, you're doing a pretty horrible job. I haven't heard a damn thing about a group of, of white nationalists running around, but they're the most active group in all of the United States. So all of this to me is just red flag, red flag. Are they feds or are they just the stupidest group of white supremacists to ever exist? Honestly, this is just, this is great. You know, I, a lot of people ask me, well, how do you deal with real racism in the world when people actually come to you and they express true racism? And I say, you just laugh at it because it's the funniest thing in the world to wake up in the morning and think that because of your skin color, you are superior to somebody. And clearly the intellect on these men is not strong. So it's just laughable that a, a group of people who would think that their race is superior would pull off, not even pull off, would, would try to pull off something as stupid as this. So either way, this is ridiculous and stupid. If it's real, it's stupid. If it's fake, it's stupid. Uh, and just so much of this is very, very, very fishy, but it's making headline news with every single major outlet. And we just did, there's a short on the channel. We did an episode on this talking about Brett Kavanaugh and somebody who attempted to assassinate him uh, just, uh, just last week. And what mainstream media outlets covered it? Fox. It wasn't on CNN's front page. It wasn't on ABC's front page. It wasn't on MSNBC's front page. It wasn't on the New York Times front page. The attempted assassination of, of a Supreme Court justice. But this, 30 men, 30 stupid men, might I add, who were planning on bringing riot gear to a pride event, that is what makes national news. And this is just continues to undermine what 
perceived authority they think they have with the American citizens because they're watching this and going, this is ridiculous. I can't believe I'm hearing about this day in and day out. You got people on CNN News crying about the the ever-present white supremacists who want to seek to, to harm everybody who they disagree with. And this is the story that you have to showcase it? Really? This is what we're working on? And we're going to get into, I'm sure, conversations around this if this continues to unfold. Here's my theory. I think this might unfold a little bit more, and then they're going to start talking about how this happened and how the police got informed of this, because I believe one of the police officers who, who you know, pulled over this U-Haul truck at the traffic stop or whatever, when asked, how did you know to pull over this U-Haul truck? He said that there was informants. He, I, I, there, people are speculating as to whether or not he said there's three informants or that they just had informants. But who were those informants? Were they within your police department? Were they undercover? Were they federal agents like the FBI? Who informed you to pull over this U-Haul truck? And if it turns out to be like an FBI informant or somebody who's infiltrated this group, you're going to get into discussions about entrapment because this could simply be a group of men who wasn't planning to do this at all. And then you send in a little FBI agent to go, oh, wouldn't it be so cool if we went to the Pride event and we dressed in the same uniforms and we only brought one smoke grenade and we went and screamed at them about how being gay is bad? Wouldn't that be so spooky and scary? Oh my gosh, that's a threat to democracy. What if we do that, guys? And then they're like, yeah. Let's 30 grown men get in the back of a U-Haul truck on top of each other and go protest gay people. <laughs> I just can't get over how homosexual it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> the irony. The irony. The irony of, of this entire thing is just unbelievable. But anyway, so... I think you're going to get into talks of entrapment. We had a similar discussion around uh, Whitmer in uh, Michigan, the governor of Michigan. There was apparently this whole plan, this kidnapping plot to go in and, and kidnap her. And you guys saw that play out on national news. It was on every single mainstream media outlet. And then you get to trial and the investigation. And suddenly, what, what word pops up? That E-word, entrapment. Entrapment pops up because the FBI loves to play dress up and go and try and find white nationalist groups, infiltrate them and get them to do bad things so that we can see it on CNN and MSNBC and ABC News. And if you want to check this out, the New York Times did an article uh, about this kidnapping trial. Here's one of the paragraphs that I just would like to read. The defense lawyers using the same trove of evidence material have built an entirely different scenario of what happened. They depict the accused as reluctant puppets entrapped by the FBI agents and informants whom they say came up with the kidnapping plot. So... One of the good things about living in America is that you're protected under certain laws uh, and an entrapment is a no-no. You can't go into a group of people and say, hey, guys, I'm not a federal agent. Would you like to go commit this crime and push forward the plot, create the plans for them, help them uh, commit the crime and then go, oh, it wasn't me. It was them. I, I, I might have created the plan, but it was them. That's called entrapment, and you can't do it. So I'll be curious to see if this is the very same thing that happens with this Idaho Pride event and that they just run it in the news so that you can see it and you can think white supremacists. And then when they announce the entrapment part, guess what? You're not around to hear that part anymore. You heard the first part about the 31 white nationalists, which I don't know why they're running the story of saying they're white nationalists when they were going to protest a Pride event. Whatever. It's, it's I guess, related. I guess it's connected. But... This is what they run on. This is what federal agencies do. This is what some law enforcement agencies seem to be doing and seem to be involved in because they said they had informants in this case. So let's just give a, a little refresh. The FBI is so keen to hop on investigations like this, to hop on investigations like the, the 
governor in, in Michigan possibly being kidnapped. They're so keen to hop on things like Jussie Smollett. They're so keen to hop on things like Bubba Wallace, where they go to his race car garage and find out that it wasn't a noose tied up there. Actually, it's been there for a very, very long time. And it wasn't racist white supremacists coming for you. It was just a piece of rope hung, hung up in your garage. But the FBI had to jump in on that. What did the FBI do when multiple U.S. gymnasts came to them and said, hey, guys, we're experiencing sexual assault and from a very young age. And here's all the details. Here's everything we know about it. Uh, can you please help us? What did the FBI do? Nothing. And if you want that confirmed, another article, here's ESPN. The FBI is now being sued for $1 billion from the gymnasts because of the multiple reports that they put into federal agents that went ignored while this disgusting man continued to assault them on a daily basis. So the FBI is really good at working on things that promote an agenda and propagandize narrative and create more division in America. Not so good on working on things that actually help people. The FBI didn't jump in on the George Floyd riots that created $2 billion in damages, burned cities to the ground, burned black businesses, killed over 20 people in the streets. They didn't jump in on that city that was created in, in Seattle that was basically saying, we're gonna secede from the union here and create our own little country in the middle of the United States, which a, a kid died there as well. So, so keen to hop on things that really help them and, and let, us, let us characterize conservatives and people who are on the right end of the spectrum as being extremists or white supremacists, but not so keen on the stuff that actually matters. Now, what we're going to get into a discussion around here and why the title of this video is asking the question, could you be considered an extremist? Uh, the government, specifically the Department of Homeland Security, puts out what's called a national terrorism bulletin, where they basically keep us up to date on what presents a considerable threat to the United States of America in terms of domestic, foreign terrorism, things like that. Now, in recent years, it seems like the terrorism threats have gone increasingly domestic. Like we're looking at our own citizens to commit these acts, which has been true. We've seen several mass shootings over the past few weeks, uh, all for different reasons and different motives, but uh, similar style. So I went and looked up this national terrorism bulletin and I wanted to read it and see if there was any red flags for me. Turns out there's a lot and it's not the first time we visited this national terrorism bulletin on the show, but it and I'm sure it won't be the last. So we're going to continue. We're going to look at this. We're going to look at an old one that I had brought up previously on the show and see if any red flags come up for you guys. So it reads here, summary of terrorism threat to the United States. The United States remains in a heightened threat environment, as noted in the previous bulletin, and several recent attacks have highlighted the dynamic and complex nature of the threat environment. In the coming months, we expect the threat environment to become more dynamic as several high-profile events could be exploited to justify acts of violence against a range of positive targets. These targets could include public gatherings, faith-based institutions, schools, racial and religious minorities, government facilities and personnel, U.S. critical infrastructure, the media, and perceived ideological opponents. Threat actors have recently mobilized to violence, here's the important part, due to factors such as personal grievances, okay, reactions to current events, okay, and adherence to violent extremist ideologies, including racially or ethnically motivated or anti-government slash anti-authoritarian violent extremism. Hmm, okay, 
So I just want to hone in on the words violent extremist ideologies that are racially or ethnically motivated and anti-government slash anti-authority violent extremists. Does that ring any bells for you? I'm not particularly pro-government, not particularly pro-authority. I definitely don't subscribe to the racial ideology that is now being pushed in America these days. Does that qualify me as an extremist? I did a recent episode on Pride Month and how I don't think it should exist, just like I don't think Black History Month should exist or Hispanic Heritage Month should exist. And could that be seen as a motivator for people like these 31 men who shove themselves in a U-Haul truck to go create a riot at a Pride event? A riot at a Pride event? Could they say, oh, I just listened to Amala's Unapologetic Live about how Pride Month shouldn't exist and we decided to go to this Pride event? Just a question that I want to pause it. Now, if we skip down here, it says, we continue to assess that the primary threat of mass casualty violence in the United States stems from lone offenders and small groups motivated, motivated by a range of ideological beliefs and or personal grievances, which is really interesting to me. We continue to assess that the primary threat of mass casualty violence. So they're particularly worried about mass shootings, which represent a small subset of of violence that happens here in America. They're not worried about Chicago. They're not worried about Detroit. They're not worried about New York City. They're not worried about Los Angeles and all the gun violence that is happening here and what should be considered mass casualty violence when you have hundreds of people who can die over the weekend in a city like Chicago. But that doesn't make the cut for you. You're not concerned about violence being perpetrated in that in that sense. You're not concerned about putting that down on lock. You're not concerned about figuring out why those problems are happening, who those people are inspired by, what sort of inner turmoil they're going through, or what sort of cultural problems are creating that mass casualty. But when it promotes a narrative where you can go in and take care of misinformation on the internet, it's perfect for you. And now they do go through and assess a lot of these different attacks that have happened and sort of give an explanation of what the motivators might have been. So we'll read a little bit of this. Individuals in online forums that routinely promulgate, uh, sorry, promulgate domestic violent extremist and conspiracy theory related content have praised the May 22 mass shootings at the elementary school in Uvalde, Texas and encouraged copycat attacks. Others have seized on the event to attempt to spread disinformation and incite grievances, including claims that it was a government staged event meant to uh, ad advance gun control measures. The suspect in the grocery store attack at Buffalo, New York in May, tw at Buffalo, New York in May 2020, uh, 2022, claimed that he was motivated by racist, anti-black and anti-Semitic uh, conspiracy theories, often referring to as the great replacement or white genocide in quotes. Uh, these theories claim that minorities, multiculturalists, and a ruling elite are deliberately threatening the existence of the white race. The alleged 2019 attacker at a Walmart in El Paso, Texas, cited small, similar grievances and inspired uh, an inspiration for the attack. And both the Buffalo and El Paso attackers indicated that they were inspired by the 2019 attacker of two mosques in Christchurch, New Zealand. So we'll start with those two there. I don't hear any mention of the subway shooter in New York who happened to be an African-American male. I don't hear any mentions of the Waukesha Christmas Parade where, what was his name, Daryl Brooks or Derek Brooks drove into 
a group of mainly white people as they were celebrating at their Christmas parade. Nobody talks about his motivations. Nobody is going into any of that in discussing it. But it seems that these are convenient little things that they can put in here to discuss it. And it's it's just, I would just love to see honesty. We can talk about the influence of people on the internet in, in others' perpetrating violence or what they might be inspired by or what particularly young men fall have, have a vulnerability for when it comes to being on the internet and finding these groups. But if you're going to be disingenuous, if you're going to start labeling people as extremists and saying that their ideology is the source of these problems, we're going to have an issue. And this is not the first time. You could read this and say, you know, it, it could be either way. All they're saying is that there's misleading information on the internet and uh, these people are leading it to it. They're not, they're not specifying that it's you guys. They're not specifying that there's a problem with you. Well, if you go back to the, I believe this is the February National Advisory National Terrorism Bulletin. And when you look at what they say here, key factors contributing to the current heightened threat environment include one, the, pro- the proliferation of false or misleading narratives which sow discord or undermine political trust in U.S. government institutions. Who exactly would be doing that? Luckily, they give you an example. For example, there is widespread online proliferation of false or misleading narratives regarding unsubstantiated widespread election fraud and COVID-19. Grievances associated with these themes inspired violent extremist attacks during 2021. They're telling you. They're telling you. And we went through this in a similar fashion when a letter was written to the DOJ saying, can you start labeling these parents who are showing up at school boards and protesting the CRT and the gender theory and the sexual education? They're terrorists. They are domestic terrorists. Can you take care of this? Please, Department of Justice, please take care of this. So if we're seeing that, if we're seeing the, the, you know, we want moms and daddies showing up to school board protests to be labeled as terrorists, we're seeing them directly say that misinformation regarding election fraud and COVID-19 is leading to violent attacks in America. And then we go on to this most recent bulletin, and they're saying that the influence of online extremists is contributing to these violent attacks. Where do you think they're going to go with it? Why do you think something like these 31 men, let's show their picture again, being arrested in Idaho, why do you think that's advantageous for them? Why do you think they would want to run with a story like this? Why do you think it's on every single mainstream media outlet page and legacy media page and everybody's talking about it, but they're not talking about some loony going to try and kill Brett Kavanaugh and possibly his family, who knows? They're not talking about that. It's hush, it's whispers, it's crickets on that one. But 31 men with one singular smoke grenade makes the front page because we're slowly inching. You know, if they can throw in news story after news story after news story about right wing extremists, what does that mean for you? What does that label you as? What do you become? And not only the eyes of the media, but in the eyes of everybody who, who watches it. You become an extremist. You become somebody who radicalizes people or who represents a radical ideology. And even if these attacks are, even if these things are real, again, they are fringe. They are small. They are not representative of everything that you believe. They're not representative of your values. They're not representative of how you work here as an American citizen. But they would love for that to be a representation of your beliefs. They would, they would love for you to get up and and defend this. And that's what they ride on, really. 
that people will continue to watch legacy media and mainstream media, take it all in, take it all in, and then they'll go and find us podcasters who go, no, 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 I don't agree with this. I don't think this is right. And they go, look, extremism, extremism. And I have the National Domestic Terrorist Bulletin right here written by your Department of Homeland Security to prove it. Look, they say that you're directly contributing to it. I'm just speculating. Allegedly. <laughs> this is all alleged, guys. But when we start to inch down that that path of constantly being censored, of, of being called uh, being called misinformants, what do you think is the next natural step to something like that? It's taking your voice away. It's taking you off these platforms. It's not allowing you to speak. That is the only natural step here. Just be wary and 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 think about it and for the people who will hear this and it will make them scared to speak up, you need to speak up. You need to express this more because the more that pe we see normal people who go, oh no, that's not right. I can tell you're lying there. I can tell there's something wrong. There's something very fishy about this. It, it doesn't become a conspiracy theory anymore. It just becomes, you know, opening your eyes and looking at what's right in front of you. And I'm not going to Again, say something specific about this. these 31 men arrested in Idaho because this is fresh. We will get more news surrounding this. We will get more information surrounding this as they see fit for us to have it. Uh, and we will, we will maybe revisit this, although I don't think it deserves revisiting. But just remember, you guys, just look at this and always, always just go, hmm, 31 white supremacists arrested in Idaho. What happened to the people with the George Floyd riots. These guys got arrested for planning to start a riot, planning to start a riot. But if you go and search George Floyd riots on Google, look at the images that you get. This is what you get to see. Pillaging, fire, people getting hurt in the streets, screaming, spitting at police officers at the peak of a pandemic. Over 20 people dead in the streets, thousands of businesses destroyed, 20, uh, I, uh, over 20 people dead, uh, $2 billion in damages done here in the United States. Are you ever going to see that money? You ever going to pay it back? And then a fraudulent BLM organization that gets to take the millions of dollars of donations that they received and spend it on luxury real estate. It's unbelievable to watch these two things play out, to watch these guys get arrested for planning. And let's be clear about this. If they showed up to this pride event and started making noise and saying, we disagree with you guys, that's not a riot. That's a protest. And that is lawful. You are able to do that. You have a right to assemble, really, wherever you see fit. And if somebody's doing a pride parade and you want to show up to the pride parade and say something different or congregate there, that is your right. So how this is going to hold up in court, I, I, we will see. We will see. If it even makes it there, if it, even, if it even is real enough to make it there, we will see what happens. But that is not illegal. So how they're going to get away with arresting these men and, and trying to convict them of, of, of some crime is beyond me. But we will see it play out. In the, mean, in the meantime, if you guys ever feel like rioting, if you ever feel like protesting, if you're like, I've been, I've been in this house all day, I need, to, I need to be active. I need to throw a Molotov, a Molotov cocktail at a police department. Just say you're doing it in the name of Black Lives Matter. Just put on a George Floyd t-shirt and go and punch a police officer in the face. Because that's legal. That's okay. You don't get prosecuted for that. In fact, if you get arrested during the act, they'll bail you out. 
and they'll take you out and they'll pay for that with BLM funds. Or you might just live in a city where there's a zero bail policy and you can just commit crimes as much as you want and they let you out of jail every single time. So if you feel like rioting, if you feel like doing something horrible, do it in the name of, of George Floyd and everything will be fine. If you've learned nothing else from this, uh, you've, you've learned that. So let's see how this plays out. I will keep you guys posted. Taylor, any final thoughts? You know, just try to uh, try to feel safe and, and sleep soundly tonight, knowing that uh, <laughs> these violent extremists who attempted to overthrow our democracy and perpetrate hate crimes with shields, mm-hmm. um, because everyone's favorite weapon for trying to commit an insurrection or hate crime is definitely a shield. Right. Um, right. Just, you know, I know I'm going to be sleeping soundly. Tonight. <laughs> the FBI's on it. The Idaho Police Department's on it. Well, whatever city they're in in Idaho, that police department's on it. And I am going to sleep like a baby, knowing that these men who hate my guts are arrested, all in their shared uniforms. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, that's it for today. Just wanted to do a brief little recap on the story that you can't seem to run away from, even though I would love to. I would love to rent a U-Haul truck and run away from this story. But I cannot. Thank you guys so much for watching. Please like, subscribe, click the notification bell to be notified every single day when we go live. That is 3 o'clock Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern. And leave a comment down below. Are these federal agents or are these actual Patriot Front white supremacists? I would love to hear your theories. Do you have a different theory other than those two? Please let me know down below. Are they Hollywood actors? Uh, for all we know, you know, Brad Pitt could be up in amongst them. Mark Ruffalo, maybe a, a, a stray Leonardo DiCaprio in there. Comments down below. And yeah, that's about it for today. Please. One subscribe. other quick note is yes. we have super chats up and running now. Oh, not exactly sure how we're going to incorporate those into the show. But for example, we got a two dollar super chat from uh, WLMG who says you have to stop giggling in your news hits. <laughs> so we, we are seeing those and uh, we might start incorporating them into the show. So if you feel like super chatting, go ahead and super chat. That's on Omla's YouTube channel. Yes, please. Also, you guys can't stop the giggles no matter how hard you try. And I will even do it on the Ingram angle on Fox News. I have no fear. No fear. You just got to let them go. <laughs> guys, uh, if you want to listen to us uh, as a podcast forum, go to Google Play, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star review because the leftists hate us and they leave us one-star reviews. If you want to see how much the leftists hate me, I just put a short out on YouTube today titled Hate Mail. Check it out. That's my newest, uh, very long form, over 20-page hate mail that I received from a very angry leftist who doesn't like that men are men and women are women. So go and check that out on my channel as well. Give it some love because there's so much hate. And I'll see you guys tomorrow for a fun new adventure. Bye, guys.